Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to James chapter 1 and uh, meet me at verse 1 and we'll read through verse 5. James chapter 1 verses 1 through 5. And James tells us that he's a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. How many of you have ever heard of the saying, that kind of distracted me for a second. All right, here we go. How many of you have ever heard of the saying, Good things come to those who wait. You ever heard that saying? Yeah. Or, or you may have heard of the saying, patience is a virtue. You heard those sayings? You know, good thing comes to those who wait. Patience is a virtue. And essentially those phrases, although they're non-biblical, those phrases means that your work will be rewarded. Your waiting will be rewarded. But I've noticed that it's been very interesting that we have a hard time with the word wait. Our flesh deals with this word wait in a very aggressive way. What's taking so long? Maybe you've asked yourself that question. What is taking so long? Has God Forgotten about me? Maybe you've made statements like this. I don't know if I'll ever be who God says I'll be. Or maybe you've even said things such as this. I should be further along than I am. I should have already accomplished what's in my heart. I know around my birthday, I used to struggle with that. Ah, I just should be further along than I am. And it wasn't until five, six, seven years ago, the Lord delivered me from that self-condemnation. And I started to look around and see all the things that I have to be thankful for. And it is a blessing to get older. It is a blessing to increase in age. A lot of people have not been able to increase in their age. And it is a blessing to get older. And so I've, you know, asked myself these questions. What what is taking so long? Why haven't I accomplished what I've set out to do yet? Why hasn't my dreams, vision, and goals been fulfilled yet? Why hasn't my work manifested Yet, And one of the words that is so heavy that weighs on us the most is this word wait. Anytime we hear this word wait or we have to experience an opportunity to wait, 
we either, one, become very rude, frustrated, or we act with impulsion. If we have to wait for something, we are prompted to do some things that we don't normally do. We get out of character. We say things we don't mean. We do things that don't make sense. One particular time, I was getting off of work coming home, and Stacy asked me to swing by Walmart. Go to Walmart, pick up some items. Full disclosure, when I'm leaving work, I just like to come straight home. I don't want to swing by Walmart or Food Line or any of those places. I just want to come home. But I'm a team player. I'm a good husband. No need for her to leave the house when I'm already out, right? She said, can you swing by Walmart, pick some, some stuff? So I go by Walmart, and I look, and it was only a handful of items. I gathered the items, and I looked at the long Walmart lines. And for some reason on this day, it was <laughs> incredibly long. How many remember when Walmart's lines used to be really, really long, like all the time? They've done a better job with the self-checkout stuff. But the line this day was incredibly long, and I didn't want to wait in line. I said, this is what I'll do, Don. I'll put the stuff back, I'll go home, and then I'll come back and get it because I didn't want to wait. And I actually did that. That was the stupidest thing. I don't know why, but I was impulsive. And I didn't want to stand in that line. I figured if I get home, it's better that I come back. And I wasted more time doing that than just simply waiting. Somebody say, wait. Say it again. Somebody say, wait. We've been talking about faith over the last, what, several months. We've been instructed by the Holy Spirit to talk about what it means to have faith. And hope does not work unless you have faith. Hope is an intense, earnest expectation of something good, but it takes faith as its anchor in order for hope to manifest in your life. If you don't have faith to where your hope is connected to, then you're simply just wishing. It is just a wish. But hope has its anchor in faith, and faith anchor is in the unseen realm. You're going to have to believe some things that you don't see yet, and you're going to have to act. We talked about that last week. Act on what you believe that the Lord has said, said to you so that then you can begin to see your hope manifested in your life. But if it's simply a, a, a state of, I just wishing this is happening and you're using the word hope, but there's no anchor found in the unseen realm, then those things are not going to come to pass in your life. And so faith is a requirement. You're going to have to have strong conviction. You're going to have to trust God. You're going to have to have confidence in God. You're going to have to believe God if you want to see impossible things happen in your life. And we are believers. Somebody say, I'm a believer. We are believers and believers believe. Even when it's hard, believers believe. Even when it's tough, believers believe. Even when it doesn't look like it's going to come to pass, believers believe. We're faith people. And people of faith are people 
of strong confidence. And when you have confidence in God and you declare, I have confidence in God. I believe what God said. I believe what he says in his word. I believe God. Then you must understand that there will always be a testing of your faith. James is the half-brother of Jesus. He's uh, connected through his mom, same mom. He was an unbeliever when Jesus walked the earth. So the writer of this epistle was an unbeliever, did not believe in Jesus until after the resurrection. When the resurrection took place, he became a believer and now, at the time of this writing, he is a leader, an elder in the church in Jerusalem. And so he's a half-brother of Jesus, a believer of Jesus, and he says to us through his writings, he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now that sounds like an oxymoron that we are going to actually rejoice when we are going through something tough. It sounds very crazy that we're going to shout and we're going to have joy when we're going through something difficult. But what James understands is when we count it all joy, we are understanding that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And our strength comes from joy. And so if we're going to have the strength to overcome tests, trials, and difficulties, then we're going to have to stay in joy. And it's amazing to me how many believers are in joy until a test comes. A test comes and then we're no longer in joy. A test comes and now we become sad. But how many of you know that sadness causes weakness? I mean, just look at your, your own life. When you are sad, you are weak. Anytime you are down, depressed, sad, in despair, you are getting weaker and weaker and weaker. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. So if we will stay in joy, if we will rejoice, and I may add, if we will rejoice in the difficulty, the devil, <laughs> the devil thinks he's winning unless we rejoice in difficulties. If you're going to be sad in a difficulty, he's going to think he's winning. But if you rejoice in difficulties, the devil doesn't know what to do with you. And you are just going to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And James tells us, count it all joy when you go through various or diverse or uniquely different trials. Now, this, these trials are tests. They can also be temptations. And we are to stay in joy when we go through difficult testing. Now, remember, our faith says that we're confident in God, but there's a test that's going to determine if you are or not. And many people have gone through the test that life throws at them, and they no longer are confident in God. You know people personally that were once strong in what they believed, but then life experiences took place. Jerry and I at lunch talked about this. Experiences took place, and then they're no longer confident in their faith. 
And so James tells us we are to remain in joy when different tests comes. Why? The next verse says, knowing this, there's something we know, that the testing of our faith produces patience. You can't get patience by simply praying for it. And I know you don't like this word wait. And I know you don't like this word, just give it some time. And I know you're tired of giving it more time. But you can't get patience by praying for it. It doesn't come that way. Patience only comes through the testing of your faith. Now, next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about this. But today, I want to show you that any time that there is a testing, it is not a testing to produce faith. It is a testing to determine if you really have faith. Let me say it again. Testing comes, and we all experience testing. It's coming not to produce faith in you. What? How does faith come? By hearing and hearing the word of God. Testing doesn't produce faith. Testing lets us know if you have faith. Testing lets us know if you are really confident. Testing lets us know if you really believe what you say you believe. And our faith will always be tested. You could say, uh, sometimes uh, I'll wake up and my back is hurting. And I'll do a little stretches, and sometimes it still hurts. And then I'll speak to my back, put my hand on it, in the name of Jesus, back you be healed, and it hurts again. What's going on here? A test. Do you really believe what you say you believe? Well, I don't believe the pain is an indicator that my back's not healed. My back is healed. Amen. And the pain's going to have to stop. The pain doesn't tell me, well, your back's not healed. No, my back is healed because I believe that I release my faith and I'm doing those things in the natural, drinking water, stretching, all those, taking walks, all of that. And I'm believing. I'm still holding my back. Praise the Lord. I'm believing (laughs) by faith that it's healed. And then less than usually, less than a minute or two later, it it don't even hurt no more. But what happens is, is the pain will come and say, well, do you really believe your back is healed? I really believe it's healed, even though there's pain. Glory to God. There's testing that's going to always come when you have faith. When you say you want to accomplish something, there's always a test. When you say that you want to fulfill something, there's going to always be a test. When you say that you want something manifested in your life, there's going to always be a test of your faith. Always. I remember I was thinking this morning about when I got my driver's license. So I was 15. I had a permit and I could not wait until I turned 16. How many of you can relate to that? I couldn't wait to turn 16. When I turned 16, I pressured mom and dad, take me to the DMV now. I want to go right now. Now, I had done a lot of practicing with my dad. Notice I didn't say my mom, with my dad. 
Mom said, I, 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 can't, I can't help you. I done a lot of practicing with my dad. And we had practiced, and on the day of my birthday, I believe it was the next day, he took me to the DMV. And I went to the DMV. And, and I remember during the, the practice session, you remember there was a, a, a male or female that was on your right when you signed up for the driving school. And in our school, in the ninth grade, we had a driving class for a semester. Did y'all have that? Anybody have that? A whole semester was about driving. They don't do that anymore, but that, it was important then, I guess. And so... We would go out driving, and the man next that was sitting, he had a brake on his side. And he was always, I saw his foot was always on that brake. He was ready. He was ready to slow me down. But, but I was in the process of being prepared. And as I got more comfortable, practice with my dad. My dad didn't have a brake on that side. So, so, you know, that was another stage, right? And then finally, I went to the DMV, and I took the test. I didn't pass the three-point turnabout. Remember that, the three-point turnabout? I did, yeah, I didn't pass. I still can't do that, by the way. But <laughs> didn't pass that. But after the test, they congratulated me, and they said, here is your license. Now, before the test, I could say all day long that I could drive a car, but it wasn't until I took the test and passed the test that I got my license. Now, it's a little different today. Uh, I took Zai in. I was practicing with Zai, and we were going into parking lots and different things practicing, and I learned something while training Zai to drive. I learned that just because I know how to drive doesn't mean I can train someone else how to drive. I, I learned that. I had, to, I had to take a step back and learn that, and so we began to pay people uh, uh, take her driving for the half a day, you know, sign her up for this company to help her drive. And we took her on that particular day to the DMV. Now, today's a little different, maybe because that was during COVID. As soon as we walk in, we're prepared. Kurt, we're prepared to take this test. And they said, no test. Here's your license. And she didn't even take a driving test. And they just handed the license to her. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You didn't even have to go through the test. They gave her the license right then. And so she got and received her license. Now, we didn't let her drive. Mom and I didn't let her drive for a long time until we felt confident that she can pass some tests on these roads, praise the Lord. And we rode with her to see how she handled certain things. Somebody say testing. It's not a bad thing. Testing is not a bad thing. It is a determining factor that will prove if you are what you say you are. Many years ago, y'all know my story, I worked for a large bank and I was in the financial industry and there was a particular test called the Series 7. So if you're in the financial industry, this test is a, a four-hour test, three-hour and 45-minute test. Uh, it's 125 questions and you have to at least get a 72% on this test, and so really, you could only miss 35 questions. And this particular test, most people failed, then passed it. And so, here I am, I'm in the financial industry. I want to be able to sell securities and mutual funds and, and et cetera, I wanna be able to help my clients. As my clients, they should want me to be tested. Come on, somebody before I offer recommendation and advice. 
When you jump on an airplane, do you want that pilot to be tested? Yeah. When, you, when you jump in a car with someone, do you want them to be tested and tried? I want them to be tested. It's not a bad thing. I want them to be tested. I don't want them to say, you know, well, I'm a financial advisor. Have you passed the test? No. I don't want that. I want you to have to go through some testing. And so here I am. I studied and I studied and I studied. And I told my wife during that period of time, I said, babe, I'm sorry. I love you, but I'm married to these books. You and I are not married right now. I'm married to these books. She said, okay, but then don't cheat on me and watch sports. I said, okay, so I had, to, I had to stop watching sports. I had to be married to these books, okay? And I stayed in these books, and I was on Saturdays, I was always in this book because I don't want to take a four-hour test and have to take it again. I want to be done with it the first time. And so I stayed in the book, and I stayed in the book, and I, and I studied. And how many know preparation time is never wasted time? Let me say it again. Preparation time is never wasted time. Say it with me. Preparation time is what? Never wasted time. time. And so I was preparing. And the day I took the test, I I went, had to go downtown somewhere, and I took this test. It was four hours. It was long. And they gave you an hour break in between the tests. I brought my lunch, and I sat in the car and ate my lunch, and I was hoping and praying. I put in the work, but these answers, because they're trying to trick you. These answers, uh, let them be right, Lord. I had to guess on a few of them. But when it was all said and done, I passed the test. Hallelujah. And here I am. I'm series six, series 63, series seven, and annuity license now, all having to take a test, passing the test. And now I am official because I took the test and I passed it. Many people want to say that they believe God. I trust God. I believe God, but this hasn't happened yet. And what I submit to you is your test is time. Faith says, I have it now, right? Now faith is. I trust God now. I receive it now. I have it now. Even when I don't see it, I have it now. And testing says, or I should say time says, you don't have it now. And so your time is an enemy of your faith. Listen to me now. Time is an enemy of your faith. And if everything happened instantly, you wouldn't need to wait for anything. And how many know things that take some time? are always a little better than things that happen instantly. My, my wife cooks out of a crock pot. Man, the food coming out that crock pot tastes way better than the food coming out the microwave. How many know what I'm talking about? Any witnesses in the house? I saw your hand shoot up, toss it straight up. Any witnesses in the house that, that it, when it's simmering in the crock pot, I can smell it all day, and it's taking its time, and it's marinating, and it's in that crock pot, and it's, I, I sense the flavors when all five of my senses, and in my spiritual senses, they all somehow senses the flavor as well, and I wait, and I wait, and it's simmering all day, and finally it's ready to eat, it was worth the wait, versus the microwave. You throw it in the microwave, you go to McDonald's. No, I shouldn't say McDonald's. You go to a fast food. I don't want McDonald's to sue me. You go to a fast food, and it comes quick. It ain't the same like waiting off the crock pot. 
Things are better when it just takes a little time. And time is trying your trust. Time tries trust. Say that with me. Time tries trust. Say it one more time. time. So I believe God. Lord, when is it going to happen? And then you start getting sad because you forgot to count it all joy. And James tells us, don't disregard joy. We got to include joy in this process of waiting. Waiting. I got to be joyful in this process. I got to have cheerful endurance in this process of waiting. But time is trying me. And now I'm getting sad. Now I'm saying, well, it might not ever happen. Now we start saying, well, did God really say that? And then that's the same question that Satan said to Eve in the Garden of Eden. Did God really say? The exact same question. And she couldn't remember what God said to Adam because Adam told her. And she was like, well, maybe God didn't say. No, God said it. But now you're in the middle of a test. And now you don't know what God said and you're ready to do something foolish because you didn't wait. And all you really have to do is wait. Just wait. If everything happened instantly, there would be no need for this word called patience. And if I'm going to preach faith to you, then I'm going to have to also preach patience to you because patience is what allows your faith to continue to last. Patience is what gives more legs to your faith. It gives more endurance to your faith. It gives more stamina to your faith. This is why Hebrews tells us faith and patience inherit the promise of God. You want the promise of God. Well, faith is great, but it's going to also take patience, the power twin, to also inherit the promise of God. And this God kind of patience is not, God's not interested in giving you the type of patience that allows you to sit in the dentist office and wait until the dentist calls your name and now you're getting impatient while you wait for him to call. That's not really what he's interested in. What he's interested in is giving you the type of patience that it gives you the endurance and stamina to finish a marathon. That's what he's interested in. I don't know how many of you do this. All of you should do it. I don't want to call nobody out, but all of you should do this. But, But you should run them out pretty often. I know the Burgess family a few years ago, they used to run a mile every day, a mile a day. And they whew, they challenged, I mean, their, their action challenged me to do it. And I did it once every five days. Praise the Lord. But you should run a mile. And I notice when I'm running, depending on where you are in your uh, exercise and working out, when I run the, the first quarter of the mile, I'm, you know, this is cool. I'm good. We are, you know, and, and once you get started, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. That second quarter, okay, I might not be, I might not be that good, okay, but uh, I'm going I'm to get there, I'm going to get there, and you get to that half a mile, you're like, okay, I've got about a half a mile going, 
you get past, you get another jolt at the half a mile. Yeah, okay, okay. You start getting the three quarters a mile, like, I ain't gonna make it. I, I'm not gonna make it. It was a good start. That was a good start. And I'm gonna have to work my way up to it. And I'm just not gonna make it. But if you press a little while longer, and if you just keep your legs moving, and if you just keep pumping your arms, footnote, pumping your arms keeps your legs moving. Just remember that. Just pump your arms, your legs will move while you're on. And the faster you pump your arms, the faster your legs will move. Y'all try that later on. And so if you just keep going and you keep going and you keep going, finally you hit that mile marker and then you take a breath. And you said, I'm stronger than I think I was. I could do it. And I was about to quit back there at half a mile. I was about to quit back there at a quarter of a mile. I was about to quit when I was nine-tenths of a mile. I was about to quit, but I was actually stronger than I thought I was. The time that it took to run the mile was testing your confidence, if you could even run the mile. It's testing you. And although you're running, and although your heart's beating, and anybody that's ever worked out, I know I never feel like working out, by the way, but every time I get done, I thank God that I worked out. Amen. I never regretted working out. I thank God I did that. I've regretted not working out, but I never regretted working out. It, what, what is testing me? You say you want to be in good shape. You say you want to be around for your grandkids. I didn't plan on talking about this, but somebody needs to hear this. You say you want to play with them. You say you want to keep doing some things, but then it's workout time now. Well, I ain't going to do that stuff. And your 80-year-old body is saying to your 30-year-old body, please work out. You're 30 right now, and, you're, and your 80-year-old, you know you're going to have the same body, right? Your 80-year-old body said, I wish I would have worked out when in my 30s, and you could have been working out. But the pressure is testing you. And you're saying all this stuff, oh, I just, I just want a husband, and, and, and I want him to look like the rock. And, 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 but I, I look like I ain't going to say no names. It ain't going to work. It, it, it ain't going to work. You're you going to have to do what you say you want to receive. Yeah, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Well, I want to, I really, Pastor, that was excited. $387,000 of debt cancellation comes in. I'm excited about debt cancellation. And, and you know, I want to I I pay off some of these debts. And, and I advise you to start with your smallest debt first. And then work your way to your biggest one. And I want to pay off a debt. But you know what? Gosh, Dunkin' Donuts just keeps calling. And, and I got to get my hair and my nails and my feet. And, and you know, I'm competing with Pookie and Ray Ray at work. I got to get this new outfit. And you know what? I, yeah, I thought you wanted to get out of debt. Pookie and Ray Ray don't care about your outfit. Use that money and pay down some bills. You say it, but there's a test. And this test is always trying your faith or putting your faith to proof. Do you really believe what you say? And if you are breathing right now, you are being tested right now. What am I believing God for? 
And immediately there's going to come a test. Immediately. This test comes. I remember one particular time I used to drive some beat up cars. Thank God I don't drive beat up cars anymore. Glory to God. Through some testing of beat up cars, I learned to appreciate the cars I have now. Are you listening to me? This is why I'm a big believer in letting someone start out with something a little smaller. See how they handle something small because they'll handle something big the same way they handle something small. We're going to talk about being faithful as well in this series. Test them with something small. I like to test people. Oh, pastor, I got a word I want to preach. I remember this one particular individual. Pastor, the Lord's called me to preach. I got a word I want to preach. I need you to clean the bathrooms. Can you clean the bathrooms? Oh, I, oh, I, can't, I can't clean the bathroom. But you want to preach. That was a test. It was a test. I didn't just hop up here on this platform one day and say, I want to preach. It came through years, decades of testing. Testing. People, hey, Devon, can you set up the chairs? I'm called to preach, Thomas. Can you set up the chairs? I'll set up the chairs. Can you be security? Okay, I'll be security. Can you uh, get here early and unlock the door? Well, wait a minute, I'm called to preach. Get there early and lock the door. Can you stay late and lock the door? Yeah. Can you run by the hospital and go visit this person in the hospital because I can't make it? Well, that requires me taking off work to do that. And this person is in the hospital because their wife is about to pass away. I called in from work to go do that. And then can you open up the service with the microphone? Oh, wow. Can you receive the offering? These are all years of testing. And then one day the Lord says, can you open up a church for me and create a community of believers that will experience true life? Decades of testing. We say we want something. We say we believe God something. And this testing is trying to produce patience in our life. Somebody say patience. Say it one more time. Patience. This is what testing's doing. James told us it's the testing of our faith is producing patience, cheerful endurance, stamina. And now this patience is not just waiting with a bad attitude. This patience is waiting cheerfully with a good attitude that you are in a position that you are going to continue to do what God's telling you to do. You're going to continue. You're going to show up at church. I don't feel like coming to church on Sunday. I'm going to show up anyway because I'm a patient man or woman. I don't feel like reading my Bible today. I'm a patient man or woman, so I'm going to read my Bible today. I don't feel like being kind. I don't ever feel like being kind, to being honest with y'all, but I'm a patient man. And I'm going to be kind today. It's testing that is producing this patience. And James tells us, let patience have its perfect work so that you will be perfect and complete. Watch this, lacking nothing. How many of you want to lack nothing? I mean, I don't want to lack anything in my life. Well, how do we not lack anything? We have to allow patience to work in our life. 
That means we're going to have to be okay with waiting for good things to happen. We're going to have to be okay with having some stamina and allowing fortitude and endurance to be developed in our life. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be tough. But we need to allow patience to work. The message translation says, don't get out of anything prematurely. This is what patience is all about. Don't get out of anything too. Well, that's tough and that's hard and I'm out. I'm done. No, patience says, I'm going to continue to stay up under this until something that's spiritual is matured and developed on the inside of me. And I'm going to be a better man or woman because God's patience is on the inside of me. There are too many situations that I've talked to friends. They've been friends for decades. Somebody said something to someone that was crosswise. I'm done with them. I'm done. Never talking to them again. I'm done. This was your friend since you were 12 and y'all been talking ever since, but something cross was said. And instead of allowing it to develop something in you to, to create resolution, to, to create an opportunity so that forgiveness could come to play. I'm talking to somebody right now. You bail on the relationship. Now, if that person is doing some things that you ought not do, then yeah, they cut them off. I've cut tons of folks off. I, I don't need to be around that. But if this is a good friend, I've got some good friends. We might say something to each other that's harsh, mean. I don't bail. Lord, pray in tongues. Help me, Lord. I'm going to develop patience in my life. I'm going to be like a duck and I'm going to let the water just roll off my back. Glory to God. Because I'm a patient man. And they didn't mean that. And when they said that, that's not what they meant. And I'm going to develop patience. Somebody say patience. It only comes through testing. That's it. It only comes through testing. Now, James chapter 1, verse 12, and it'll be on the screen here. James chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now, Paul, keep that on the screen for a minute. Because I want y'all to see something. It says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. That word temptation means tests and trials. It's a putting to the proof. Notice James didn't tell us, blessed is the man who is never tempted. He didn't say that. Blessed is the man who's never tempted. He didn't say that. Notice he didn't say, blessed is the man that has overcame all temptation. He didn't say that. He said, blessed or empowered to prosper, or another word for blessed is this word, full of joy. Full of joy is the man, empowered to prosper is the man who endures temptation, testing, and trial. I'm going to endure it. One of the Greek words for it, I'm not going to pronounce it to you because I don't speak Greek, but one of the words means to remain up under. 
I'm going to endure. I'm going to remain up under testing. Blessed is that man who remains up under testing. That man is blessed. I'm not trying to get out of anything prematurely. I'm not trying to run away. I'm not trying to avoid conflict. I'm not trying to avoid being developed. I'm not trying to avoid being changed. You know that uh, one of the purposes of a spouse is to smooth out your rough edges. You know that, right? So they're going to say something to you that's going to be mean. It's going to come across mean, but it's really to smooth out your edges. There was one particular time Stacey and I were talking, and I said something to her, and I was like, I don't like it when you do that. And she laughed. She said, you do the same thing. I said, I don't, I don't do that. And she gave me an example. I thought, oh, Lord, I do, I do the same thing. <laughs> smooth out the rough edges. Remain up under, but instead, I'm out of here. I'm out. I'm done. No, no, no. Stay up under it. Let it swim. Now, if you got a boyfriend or girlfriend, get up out of it if it ain't right. Leave it now. But if you're married, let it, let it be smooth. Let, allow, allow God to use your spouse. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but it's true. To create more patience on the inside of you. Allow him to create patience. And it comes through testing. Now, put it on the screen again, if you don't mind, Paul. James chapter 1, verse 12. You know what? Forgive me. Go to James chapter 1, verse 5 real quick. I'll come back to verse 12. James chapter 1, verse 5. I want to go there. Watch this. If any of you lacks wisdom, when? During the testing. When do you, man, I'm going through a difficulty. My patience is, is being tried. My faith is being tested. If you lack wisdom or you don't know what to do during the test, quit, give up, stop, sleep in, and, um, and leave. Is that what it says? No. Ask God. God, I'm going through a, a series of testing and trials and difficulties, and it's trying my faith. I want to ask you, what do I need to do? And God says, I'm going to give you more than enough wisdom. He's going to give it liberally and without reproach, and you will receive it. I'm going to give you more than enough wisdom to know what to do in order to be perfected and mature during this task. Now, let's go to verse 12. Before I go to verse 12, let's pull it down. Pull it down real quick, Paul. The Lord's talking to me here. One of the worst things that a person could do, one of the worst things I can do is put you, if you are single and you don't have any kids, no children, one of the worst things I could do is tell you to come watch my kids for 24 hours. That's one of the worst things I can do because you have not been tested in handling small, rebellious, uh, disobedient, <laughs> loud, obnoxious, talk back kids. Don't act like your kid is so perfect. You know what I'm talking about. One of the worst things I can do, if you've never had children, is say, come to my house, watch my kids for 24 hours. Why? Because you haven't been tested. And they will cause you to pull your hair out if you haven't been tested. But because the Lord has perfected Stacy and I through decades now of raising children together, being tested, now somebody falls down and starts crying, we don't even move. <laughs> Fall, boom, 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 Woo! we just keep talking. And about 90 seconds later, we're like, come on down, who was that? Come on down here. 
We don't even move. Why? We've been tested. We don't freak out. We don't, we don't get out of, bent out of shape. One of them talk back. We don't, we don't grab them by the head, put them in a headlock. We've been tested. We just relax a little bit. We say, we're the mature ones here. If we start acting like you, then it's going to be chaos in the house. We're the mature parents here, and we know how to respond. It's because of decades of testing. Like I said, one of the worst things we could do is throw you in our home and say, handle these kids for 24 hours. You would not want to have kids if that were the case. Now put verse 12 up. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Now, keep it up, but listen to me. Some of you are asking right now, what is taking so long? Why has God forgotten about me? Why have I not accomplished what God's called me to accomplish yet? Why, have, why am I not in the position that I should be in? Why is my influence not increased like I think it should? Why? 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 I'm going to answer that question for you right here in this verse. Here is why. The next part of this verse, he says, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who serve him. Now watch this. Keep it up there, Paul. Watch this. That word approved means proven. You, you, you've been proven. You've been, you've got the license. You, you've been qualified already. When you have been proven, you will receive. Why are things not happening in my life? Why are things not uh, going, going right in my Why haven't I received that that I'm believing God for? What's taking so long? Why, why, why? When he has been proven, he will receive. So what's taking so long? I ain't been proven yet. What's taking so long? I ain't ready yet. Can you be humble enough and say, I know it's not good English, but it makes sense, and say, I ain't ready yet? Say that. Why is it not happening? Because I'm not ready yet. So I need to keep being proved. I need to keep being tested. Lord, why haven't you asked me to do this? And these are my prayers. Lord, I, there's some things in my heart you told me when I was a kid I'm going to do, I'm not doing yet. And I had to come to the conclusion, I'm not ready yet. So I got to keep being tested. I got to keep being proved. I know you don't want to hear this. I know you want to blame everybody else, but you just not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Say it again. I'm not ready yet. Say this, if you're bold enough, say this, I need to be tested more. Now, when you say that, what you're saying is, I'm going to develop in patience. I'm going to be mature. I'm not going to lack anything. He will be approved. When he is approved, he will receive. When you are ready, you will receive whatever it is you believe in God for. Now, there are certain situations in life that maybe you're waiting on someone else and they may not be ready. They may not be ready. And so you're going to have to continue to be approved until they're ready. 
when you have been approved, you will receive. So preparation time is never wasted time. And the promise that God has given you justifies preparation so that when it does appear, it won't disappear. Did you hear what I said? It justifies and I'm ready preparation. So when that promise arrives, your character is strong enough to stand in the promise of God and not fall and it disappears. Say it one more time. I'm not ready yet. And now say this, if you if you humble enough, say this, I need more testing. This is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.